Thank you, Andy. That was beautiful. We're getting back into our Mark series now that we're done with the Advent readings. Reading from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, take us with you to the other side, through the storms, through these scriptures, by the words I speak, by the thoughts that we form. In your name we pray, amen. Crossing over to the other side. Happy New Year. In that sense, we have already crossed over to the other side, haven't we? We have crossed into the new year, whether we wanted to or not. And for many people, 2021 was not much better than 2020, in terms of COVID anyways. For some, it was worse. Most are hoping that 2022 will be better, but we don't know. But Jesus knows. Jesus knows. And when Jesus said, let us go over to the other side, to those disciples, the 12 disciples in our scripture reading today, he knew darn well what was on the other side. And at least from the disciples' perspective, it was not good. (laughs) It was not a good place to go. You see, the other side was the eastern shore of that Sea of Galilee, the country of the Gerasenes. We'll read about that next week in chapter 5. But you need a little background about what's coming to understand this passage today. That land of the Gerasenes, they were Gentiles. There were 12 cities in that region, all Gentile regions. and They were places where good Jewish boys didn't go. They were godless. Their mamas told them, don't go there. Don't hang out with those people. This was the area in which Christ met that demonic man, that man who lived in the tombs and the graveyard. He lived among the dead. Remember, his name was Legion. He was infected with legions of demons. So Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. And while the disciples didn't know about this planned encounter with the demonic man, oh, they did know what that region was like. They knew where Jesus was taking them. And it had to be shocking to the disciples just because of the place Jesus wanted them to go. I mean, what what business did Jesus have even going there? His people weren't there. That's not his job. That's not his mission, right? They had to be shocked when Jesus said, let's go over there. 
And it's shocking. It's still shocking. Today, to some people, to see where Jesus wants us to go. And it's shocking to some people in the church to see where Jesus wants the church to go today. To the other side. To the other side. And often that's the place we do not want to go because it's a place that we, well, we're not comfortable there. It's a, it's a place we're just not comfortable going or being. Sometimes the other side is close. It's very close. So close you can almost reach out and touch it. We stayed downtown Atlanta after the football game Thursday night so we could be within walking distance of our hotel. There were a lot of nice hotels in that area. But also just one block away from our hotel were places for homeless people to stay, the Salvation Army, et cetera. Just one block away. The other side was really close. Would have been a lot cheaper for us to stay there, I'm sure of that. (laughs) Sometimes the other side is far away, and that's the way we like to keep it, don't we? The other side of town or the other side of the world, the farther away the better, we think because... We think that because it's far away, then we're protected, we're securely isolated from the other side. But we're not. (laughs) That's so true, so much more true today than it was at the time of Jesus, even because the world is getting smaller and smaller, isn't it? And for some, that's an exciting thought. For Jesus, I think that would be an exciting thought. Let's go to the other side. But for some, that's a scary thought. It's uncomfortable. To think that the whole world is now almost within arm's reach, so to speak. Jesus said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Why do you suppose Mark or Peter dictating to Mark chose to put this story in his Bible? He has the shortest gospel of all the gospel. Why did he pick this one to include in there? I mean, he really had to pick and choose what stuff to put in his version of the gospel. Well, as we've been studying Mark, you've probably forgotten because that was way before Advent, I know. But as we've been studying Mark, you know that one of Mark's main themes is to show the authority of Jesus, the Son of Man, his divinity, that apocalyptic title, the authority of God shown through his teachings and through his healings. And true authority in Mark is always demonstrated. It's not explained like perhaps it is in the Gospel of John. It's always demonstrated. Did you ever notice that when people tell you they have authority, usually they don't have much authority? (laughs) When they tell you they're the boss, well, not really. (laughs) I remember when I first started with the state, Years ago, of course, big system, huge hierarchy, huge chain of command, many bosses. And I remember in one of those early encounters with the person who became one of my best friends in that program, he told me the real skinny. He said, here's here's who you need to know, here's who you really need to suck up to, and here's who you can ignore. (laughs) He said, if you want to know about chemistry, go to this person. If you want to know about water treatment, go to this person. If you want to know about the Safe Drinking Water Act, the legal stuff, go to this person. 
You see, true authority is demonstrated. It's not created by some hierarchy or position. And when people tell you that they're in control, usually they aren't. They wish they were in control. They want to be in control, but they aren't really in control. True authority is earned by demonstration. And Jesus did that, didn't he? He demonstrated they had the power over the natural world by calming the storm in our scripture reading today. And you know, when you have true power, true authority, you don't need to talk about it. You don't need to shout it. You don't even need to say it. In fact, you can do it in your sleep. That's <laughs> what Jesus is doing in this passage today. Did you notice that? Jesus is in the stern sleeping. And the disciples had to shake him and wake him up. And he said, okay, be still. And the calm happened. If you have true authority, you don't need to shout it, you don't need to say it. It's just who you are. You know, we put chapter dividers between the Bible passages back, I don't know, third or fourth century, I forget when that happened. But the scripture we study next week, that first part of chapter 5, and the scripture we read today is really all one story. There's no division between it, really. And in the second part of that story, Jesus showed that he not only had the authority and the power over the natural world, but he also had authority over the spiritual world. He heals the demonic man. But what we're seeing in today's reading is really the storm before the miracle. Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Notice that Jesus doesn't tell his disciples why he wants them to go over there. He just tells them to go. And you know, we, we so often malign the disciples in the scriptures for their lack of faith, and sometimes it's legit to do so, but give the disciples credit here for going. Even they didn't know why Jesus wanted them to go. Which begs the question for each and every one of us, can we obey Jesus and go to the other side? Even though we don't really know what's on the other side and what Jesus has in store for us on the other side, do we have that kind of faith? If you believe that Jesus has full authority over the natural world and the spiritual world and your life, then you don't need to know all the details to be obedient, do you? So you could say this message today is for the obedient Christians, those who are willing to cross over to the other side, even though they, they don't know all the details. And note that you can't cross over to the other side without conflict. You can't do it. You can't do it. Even Jesus couldn't do it. Whether starting a new ministry or changing an existing ministry, you can't cross over to the other side without conflict, without going through some storms. Jesus is moving this mission forward, to be sure, to a new place, to a new people, and he's, he's leaving behind, where's he been? He's been in Capernaum, you know? He's leaving behind Capernaum. Interestingly enough, in Greek, Capernaum, caper means village, basically, and Nahum means calm or comfort. <laughs> He's leaving this place of comfort to go to the other side. You can't cross over to the other side. 
You can't go there without going through some storms. Some of you are going through some storms right now, I know. <laughs> some pretty big storms. I know that. Some of you are going through some big storms. But this tells me that you're important to Jesus because, you see, Jesus had something important to do on the other side. And he and his disciples had to go through those storms. This tells me that God has something important for you. That's why you're going through that storm. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And I know you're going to make it because Jesus is calling you to go to the other side. You can't give up. You can't quit crossing over because Jesus said we're going to the other side. He has something important, perhaps uncomfortable, but something important for you to do. Think about the things earlier in your life, perhaps just last week, perhaps yesterday, perhaps just this morning, that tried to keep you from getting to where you needed to be in terms of your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus, even your relationship with church. Remember, this is Mark chapter 4. We're not into chapter 5 yet, even though I talked a little about it. The man possessed by the demons has not even seen Jesus yet. Doesn't even know Jesus is coming. And yet, there's still a storm sent to the Sea of Galilee to keep Jesus and his disciples from getting there. Likewise, from the day you were born, there were forces, some natural and some spiritual, call them storms, if you will, keeping you from Jesus, keeping you from church. But look at you this morning. You made it to the other side. Amen? Praise God. You may say, I'm confused. I thought Jesus had left me when I was experiencing these storms. I'm confused. But you see, a storm means that Jesus is on the way. Jesus is on the way. The Bible says a furious squall came up suddenly. The storm is a sign that grace is on the way, that even if you're lost, as that demonic man was lost, yelling obscenities constantly, going crazy. The storm is a sign that grace is on the way. And some of you may still say, I, I, I don't get it. I don't see how this applies to me. I mean, really, a man living in the tombs among the dead with legions of demons in him, cutting himself. That's what the scripture says. We'll read that next week. You know, I, I never knew that people actually cut themselves until I became a pastor. People who are relatively sane. I never knew this until I became a pastor. You think you're so different from that man in the tombs? You say this doesn't apply to you? Today we might say he was insane, he was crazy. You say, that's not me. I mean, I've got problems, but I'm not that bad. So you think this passage doesn't apply to you? Well, 
Really, you don't live in the tombs? You don't live among any dead people? You don't go to any dead places in your life? You don't tear down rather than build up? You don't hang with any dead people? You don't take on the characteristics of those dead people? Tearing people down rather than building up? Really? You don't spend any time among the tombs in your life? Before Jesus made it to the other side, the people in that region tried to control this demonic man, this insane man, this crazy man, however you want to phrase it. They tried to control him. They, they put him in chains. It said They chained him up, but he was out of control. He would break the chains even, and then he would hurt himself. So yeah, I've got problems, but I'm not that bad. So you think this passage doesn't apply to you? Are you sure? Are you sure that there's nothing in your life that's out of control? Drinking or drugs or eating or spending or hurting? If I kept going, I could clear the whole room of self-righteousness. And you would see that you're already a little bit on the other side. You're already partly there. We'd realize that a little bit, probably a lot bit, we're like that crazy man. Jesus knew that demonic man was crazy when he got in the boat, and he wants you, as crazy as you are, to go with him. Jesus wants you to go with him to the other side. Not so much because they need saving. Jesus wants you to go with him to the other side. Not so much because they need saving. Jesus wants you to go with him because we need saving. The only way we realize that is if we go to the other side and see them and see ourselves as Jesus sees us. And we realize that we're not that far apart, whether the other side is next door or around the world. We're not that different. Are you willing to cross over with Jesus and see yourselves and others as Jesus sees you? Amen.